We welcome you to the media ministry of Denton Bible Church. Thank you guys very much. Praise his name forever. I hope that all of you had a great Christmas day. Thank you for making it out tonight. All the staff and volunteers that come and help, thank you for being here this evening. Uh, if you're a guest here, we want to get to welcome you, and we're grateful that you've come. Love to get to know you better, invite you to let this uh, church service be a part of your life, and we're just very, very grateful. We've got a lot of folks traveling. I pray for safety for them. Uh, we've got some folks unexpectedly in hospitals right now that just got calls uh, recently, and uh, so they're waiting diagnoses and tests and things tomorrow. So I just, do, just truly do pray that uh, you would remember those that are sick or suffering, those that might not be with us here tonight or with, with uh, the church this week in this time of Christmas. Hope you had a good time with little children. I've asked the children to be here tonight. We wanted you to bring any of them that you, you'd like to. I love to see these on the front row here. It's good to see them, and I just hope that, uh, that you had some little children around you this Christmas time. Uh, we read in, in Isaiah chapter 9, of course, that's a prophecy that was around hundreds of years before the Messiah was to appear. One of the most important things for us, most of us here tonight, unless you are of Jewish heritage, is that this was a prophecy talking about us, that God was going to make a way not just for the Hebrews to be God's chosen people. He was going to make a way, clear back in the uh, early part of Genesis, for all peoples of all nations to hear about the Savior and have an opportunity to be saved. And as he read to us there, thank you, Jody. Jody's one of our new elders in the church. We're very grateful that he is here along with the rest of those elders uh, that, that he came and, and shared with us tonight reading the scripture. In the second verse there of chapter nine, we saw the, the prophecy that the people who walk in darkness will see a great light. And I want to talk to you about the light of Christmas. Just walk through the scripture. If you write things down, write them down. But if not, uh, I'm just going to walk through the, the Bible just a little bit and talk to you about the light of Christmas. Here it's talking about the people who walked in darkness. They were in darkness in a couple different ways. They were in darkness because of their sin. And all through the Bible, especially in the New Testament, we see examples and verses that talk about the darkness of sin. It's never talked about when someone is walking in fellowship with God that they are walking in this supernatural, wonderful darkness. It's always talking about the opposite of that. They're walking in sin. Then it talks about there is a darkness that blinds. There is a darkness that blinds. Uh, we were blinded to the gospel of Jesus until God did a work in our life. And we heard about Jesus and all of a sudden it's like they take blinders off of us. We hear, maybe we'd gone to church or someone took us and, as a little child, but all of a sudden now it's like opening our eyes for the very first time. And so there's darkness of unbelief. The Bible says that when people's hearts turn to the Lord, the veil that kept the holiest of holies for the Jewish people not to go in there, the veil has been taken away. It's been torn back so that we can see what was in there and talking about the presence of God. All throughout the scripture, we see this example, the light, the light and the darkness. Um, I want to just walk with you just through a little bit about that. 
we've got to go back to the beginning. That's a good place to start, isn't it? All the way back in Genesis, the very first part of your Bible says this. Then God said, let there be light. Now, we know that God created with his word. Jesus was with the Father in the beginning. God spoke creation into being. You and I cannot do that. The story is told of a science, scientist that thought he was very intelligent, and he talked with God one day, and he said, uh, I can do what you do. Uh, uh, and God said, okay, well, let's just see. And he said, uh, let's, uh, let me just see you form a man, make a man. And the scientist reached down there to grab some dirt out of the ground, and God said, get your own dirt. Because God created out of nothing. Created means that it's made out of nothing. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void, and what covered the land? Darkness. It was dark. As we see these scriptures, they're going to come to mind different things in your life where darkness has prevailed, and it looks like darkness in all of its form is strong and mighty and powerful. But in that third verse of the, of the creation story, God said, let there be light. There was light. God separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, there was morning one day. Now that means that God separated. The Bible teaches there's 12 hours in the day, 12 hours in the night, just a separation that way. Has anyone here lived in Alaska for any period of time? Raise your hand if you've lived in Alaska for any period of time. I've tried to think about what that would be like where they have light for months at a time. It just doesn't get dark, hardly at all. And then the other converse of that, when it gets dark, did you know that's one of the places where the highest suicide rates are in the world? And it's during the time of darkness in Alaska where there's very, uh, very little sunlight any time during the day, and that happens for months. So God said he separated the light from the darkness. They don't have fellowship with one another. They're not the same thing, and we'll see that as we end here tonight. In the 15th verse of the first chapter of Genesis, it says, let there be for lights in the expanse of the heavens. So God made light, separating the day and the night, and specifically, the scripture tells us that he made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day, the lesser light to govern the night. In a miracle, God has made a star called the sun. And we know that where there is light, there is energy expended. One of the things that people try to invent all the time is light without heat. Uh, if I were able to reach up and touch these lights that are shining on the stage here tonight, they're hot because we haven't found out how to do that. Now, there is a mystery in creation. It's called the lightning bug. I hope these little children have seen lightning bugs, but we don't see them very much anymore. When I was little, we tried to chase those things all over creation. A lightning bug, bug has a uh, chemical makeup somehow that can actually have light, and we understand it doesn't have heat. But God created the, the sun that has not burned out. In thousands and thousands of years, he created the, the moon that would reflect the light from the sun, a lesser light. That's interesting. If I had a, a, a brighter light here tonight, even though some things are shining here, you could see a brighter light. Any of, of you grow up with Batman? What happened when 
uh, Gotham City had to, to, they were in trouble and they had to send out the call for Batman. They sent out that spotlight. And oh, I thought that was so cool when I was a kid and I wanted a shirt with that on there and I wanted one of those lights that I could just shine around and, and a searchlight, a spotlight. Well, all that is a creation of God. <coughs> Excuse me. Apologize in advance for that. All of that is a creation of God that he has put on this earth for our blessing, for our comfort. Sometimes it's used for wrong things. We're living in a world where we have lasers. Whoever thought of that back in Bible times? They couldn't even dream of what a doctor can do now with a laser, a focused beam of light that can operate and actually, instead of having to make an incision with an eye, it's incredible, this creation called light that God made a long time ago and how it is, it is expanding and God is giving more knowledge and how to use it. So God gave light to the world. He created it in the beginning and each time when God created something, God saw that it was good. He created it and it was good. Everything that we have in our world today is created by God and it is in its purpose, in its rightful use, it's used for good. It's mankind that uses it possibly in a wrong way. The second kind of light that shows up in the scripture, if you just start walking from the beginning, is that God's going to give light to Israel. Can you remember with me uh, there in the land of Egypt, they've been slaves, eventually will be slaves for 400 years the Jewish people. And God told Moses to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. Pharaoh didn't want to let the Jews go because they were his slaves. The Jews are the ones that made all the money for him by making the bricks and, and, and the building of everything. And, but God had said, let my people go. And he had prophesied that the land, the people of Israel were going to be in the land of Egypt for 400 years in slavery. But after 400 years, God was going to bring them out in a mighty deliverance. I love reading that story of the, the, the 10 plagues, not the plagues necessarily, but I love the fact that God keeps his word for it says on the 400th day, the very day that 400 years was up, God said, I'm going to lead you out. Do you remember what happened at the end where the the Israelites were commanded to put the blood of the, the lamb that was slain over the doorposts. And when the death angel came through the land of Egypt, everyone who didn't have the blood over their doorposts, the firstborn of that family was to die. One of the miracles that took place is that God sent darkness over all the land of Egypt except wherever his people were. You know, we read earlier that God separated the day from the night and God could even separate this light for on that time when he was gonna lead his people out, there was darkness over all the land of Egypt in all the houses of, of, of Pharaoh and the Egyptians except in every one of the Jewish households, there was light. I don't wanna really remind you of last winter too much but did anybody have any of your electricity go off? Uh, that's all I want you to think about. Don't think about that uh, and how bad it was uh, when, when it froze. We're not used to that down here and our pipes don't like it. And, uh, 
we didn't lose power, but a lot of folks in the church did. And, and if you haven't had a warm shower in a few days, do you miss it? it? Wasn't that nice when you got to go back? And wasn't it nice to go over to that light switch and turn it on and all of a sudden this illumination in our home? Well, Israel had it in their houses and the Egyptians did not. I just think that's a cool miracle that God did. When it came time for them to leave and they're going out in the wilderness, God put a cloud in the daytime that they could see to lead them. And what did he have at night? A pillar of fire. It was light to guide them and show them when to leave. There's a lot of great scriptures you're familiar with in the Old Testament. Psalm 27:1. the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? I think about these little ones. And when we were little, one of the things that oftentimes at night was fearful for us was the dark. Uh, I, I was taught early on, you don't have to be afraid of the dark, you just have to be afraid of the things in the dark. I had older brothers and sisters, if you did, you know what I'm talking about. But afraid of the dark, because in the light you can see better, you can see family members, you can see surroundings of your room that is familiar, but at night when that light goes off, oh, we hear the sounds outside the window and the tree looks like something else to it. and. Uh, but the Bible teaches us that the Lord is our light and we don't have to be afraid. It's like our parent turning the light on. Everything's okay. We've looked under your bed. We've looked in the closet. Everything's okay because the light's on. Proverbs 13, 9, the light of the righteous rejoices. I love that scripture, but the lamp of the wicked goes out. What about the Aaronic blessing? You remember where God told Aaron how to bless the people of Israel? It's uh, way back in number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. This is what we would say to one another if we were a Jew of the Old Testament and we wanted to pronounce a blessing on you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. God turn the light on. Uh, I love it when our little ones sing in our services. It's just so cool. And, and you hear their clear, crystal clear voices and, and you see the spotlight on them and their, their eyes just twinkle. And, and God said he's gonna make his face shine upon his people. There's gonna be a glow there. And be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace. Isaiah 61, arise and shine for the light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen upon you. There's just so many examples all throughout the scripture. So God created light in the beginning. He separated light and darkness. He gave light to the Jews, his people. But then in the passage that, that was read to us and I reread re -read again a moment ago, God said, I'm gonna send you another light. There is a light that is gonna come that's gonna bring all people to God. It's gonna bring all nations they're gonna be able to see a light. They that dwell in the darkness, and every one of us were there. We lived a fallen natured life. We were broken because of our sin. And God said, but a light is coming. I'm gonna send you a light that's gonna be not only to the Jewish people, but it's gonna to be to the Gentiles. It's gonna come on this world. And if you've read or heard the Christmas story this season, I love uh, last year when our grandson uh, was just a little bitty, I, he was still the kind you just hold here. And, and uh, I got my old Bible out and I set him in front of the fireplace and I had my daughter 
uh, video that, and I read how the birth of Jesus was on this wise, the old Christmas story to my little, little bitty grandson, and I hope that that'll mean something to him when he's older. It's because God keeps his word. There's going to be a light. Those that dwell in darkness, a light is going to shine upon them. Those that were sitting in the land of the shadow of death, upon them hath a light dawned. Somebody's coming that's going to bring light into a world of darkness, a world of sin, a world that's broken and that needs a Savior. The whole Old Testament talks about there's light coming. When I think about darkness today, I think about the troubles that we have in our world. How many little children do you know of or have you been a part of before that they, they don't have a safe place to go home at night? Many of them, they don't have a comfortable bed. They don't have a quiet place to lay down and sleep. When I was a young pastor in my 20s, I was a little smart aleck in some ways, never prideful on the outside, but I had a different kind of pride. And I remember little children sometimes making a little bit of noise in the service, and I thought, they just need to be quiet and listen. And Oh, my goodness. God really, I don't know what it was like when God smote David's heart, you know. David numbered the people, and God smote his heart. David was going to cut, he cut the, the robe off of Saul, you know, and, and God smote his heart. I don't know what it was like then, but I want to tell you, God this kind of kicked me in the pants. And he reminded me, and I'd been in their homes, I should have known better. I'd been in their homes. Many of them didn't have mom and daddy there. They didn't have a comfortable bed to lie in. They didn't have food to eat consistently. They had a troubled, dark life. Oftentimes they didn't have running water. They didn't have warm water. They didn't have what many times I've taken for granted in my life. And I was really convicted because I thought they just need to stand, uh, stay awake and listen and pay attention. And I, God really put, impressed on my heart. Don't you realize that some of these children, the only peace they have felt is when they come to church. No wonder that they nod off and wanna, wanna take a little nap leaning on that family that's kind of adopted them in the church because they've never had peace in their home before. Have you been in some of those homes? I have a lot. I needed what was called an attitude adjustment. Have you ever needed one of those? And since that day, it's never bothered me to have the little ones in the church service. Now, if it was my kid that was making noise, that was a different thing. But I love the little children. I think some of the quickest and the strongest answer Jesus ever gave in the Bible, the little children would run to him. How'd they know they didn't have to be afraid of him? Oh, I'll bet you they grabbed a hold of his beard. And if any of you have ever, you men, grown a beard before, isn't that just fun when that little one gets a hold of it and just pulls there? It's not too bad down here, but Mark, wait till they get this right up here and it'll make a big man cry. I promise you, it really will. They ran to Jesus. They got in his lap. And the apostles came to Jesus one day and said, Master, do you want us to stop those little kids from coming and getting it? In your life, Jesus said, you let those children come. And I think he turned to Peter next, probably. And he said, and in fact, if you're not converted and become like one of these little children, you're not going to be in heaven. They asked him one day, who's going to be the greatest? He grabbed one of those little children and set it right in the middle. He said, I tell you, this child 
is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. So there's a lot of people that need some light in their life because they sure know darkness. They need some peace. They need some rest because they've sure known some of the other. I want you to turn with me to John chapter one for this passage, please. Great passage describing who the Savior was. John chapter one. Each of these gospels refer to Jesus as in different ways, the son of man, the son of God, refers to him as the Jewish Messiah. The apostle John is different and he begins in the very first of the, the uh, book saying these words, in the beginning was the word. Does that sound familiar? John must have wanted to go back to the beginning, just like the Bible started. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. Jesus is co-creator of the universe. In him was life. The world had known sin, darkness, and death. Adam and Eve, the day you eat of that tree, you're going to die. And since the moment they chose to eat of that fruit of the wrong tree, men had been dying ever since. But John says, I tell you now, he was in the beginning with God and in him was life. And the life was the light of men. The Bible teaches us that the, the, the candle of the Lord is inside the spirit of man and it shows the innermost parts. It's just like literally having a candle inside of us that can be lit by God and it shows what all's in the inside. His life was the light of men and this world was dark and the world's dark today in many different ways. Right now we have an epidemic that's different than the virus going around. We have an epidemic of anxiety and panic attacks and depression. And there's hardly a family that has not been gripped with that in one form or another. I think we've done wrong in our society and we've stigmatized a lot of different types of health issues and mental health issues. And we've got to realize a mental, mental uh, sickness and a physical sickness and a spiritual sickness, they're all sicknesses that we need help for and we need to comfort and pray and love one another through those things. We're living in a dark world. I can't watch the news anymore. How about you? Because it just pulls me down and, and you think, oh God, are we back before the floods time? The Bible says that the thoughts of all men's hearts were on evil continually. Well, we're not there yet because you're here. You're here. You're part of the church and you're part of that light. We're living in a dark, dark world. But it says Jesus' life was the light of men. I remember as an eight-year-old boy confessing my sin as best I knew how. And Jesus came in my heart and it's like he turned the light on. I could see differently. I felt differently. There was something brand new about my life. I couldn't have told you anything theologically at that time, but I could tell you something happened. John uh, one nine. Look at verse nine there. There was the true light which cometh into the world enlightens every man. Jesus is the true light. Somebody can give you an artificial one. 
They can say, hey, we're the way to go. And they can be trying to lead you astray, but Jesus will never do that. He's the true light. Notice there's a verse I skipped up there, verse five. five. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The light of Christ, righteousness, shining in a dark world. The dark world did not say, oh, I'm glad you're here. I'm sure glad you're here. I accept you, and I receive you. Light and dark have no fellowship with one another, Corinthians tells us. John 3, 19, let me read these words to you. This is judgment, that the light has come into the world and men loved darkness rather than light for their deeds were evil. Why does so much crime take place at night? You thought about that? Because they think that there's a cover of darkness. They can steal away in the night. They can sneak around and not be seen as easily. And there's something spiritual about that too. There's a cover of darkness sometimes that we think we can get by. Did you know the Bible says that there's nothing that is hidden now that will not be revealed at the last day? There's nothing said, unless it's covered by the blood of Christ, that won't be mentioned. There's books being written. We're gonna be judged with every idle word. If you're in Christ, the blood of Christ has covered you and those words won't be brought up for you. But if somebody's not in Christ, there are books written for everything that we've done, thought, and said. The light is coming to the world. Men love darkness rather than light, for their deeds were evil. For everyone who does evil hates the light and does not come to the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. But he who practices the truth comes to the light so that his deeds may be manifest as having been wrought in God. Acts 13, for the Lord commanded us, I've placed you as a light for the Gentiles. And that brings me to the next point I wanna make. God created the light. He gave light and separated it from the darkness. He prophesied a light was coming to save everyone that would trust in him. And he gave his light to you and me. You remember these verses? The Lord has commanded us, I've placed you as a light for the Gentiles that you may bring salvation to the end of the earth to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light from the dominion of Satan to God. That's what Jesus does for us. And guess what he gives us to do? You and I have been given the ministry of reconciliation. That's pretty cool that he'd say, I want you on my team. I want you to now be a place where light can shine in and through you that others can see. Matthew says it like this. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. The little ones in Sunday school, I can remember vacation Bible school. This little light of mine, I'm gonna let it shine. Did you ever sing that one? This little light of mine, I'm put it under a bushel you don't do that, do you? You don't have that light, do you? I love those things. I think one of the greatest songs that adults ought to be singing right now is, oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. I think we adults need to sing that maybe every Sunday for a while in church. How about you? You're the light of the world, Jesus said. Wait a minute. If you've known where I've been and what I've done, Jesus said, no, I forgive you of those things. I change your life. You are church. Christians are the light of the world. One of the reasons why that the world is still in existence is the Holy Spirit in the church. Did you know that? He's the great restrainer. You know the while, why the world is not as bad as it could be? Because the Holy Spirit and living and working through the church 
is part of that light. You're the salt of the world, the preservative that's holding things together. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket. Let your light shine. I'll tell you what I'm thankful for Denton Bible Church. You know why it's not a perfect church? Because I'm here. But I'm thankful for five decades. And we got people new coming to the church. We got people that go to other churches from time to time. God bless them. I pray for all of them. But I'm grateful for the church the Lord lets me be a part of. There's a lot of great things here. And there's a light on the hill where some people know that they can come through the doors and they can hear about Jesus. And I'm grateful for that. There was a man named Jeremiah Denton, not after the Denton, the town, but he was in Vietnam and he was captured and he was taken into um, a communist Vietnamese prison camp. And I've shared with you before, he's the man that on nationwide TV, they put him up, dressed him up, fed him, made him look okay. And then they, they were trying to get him to say that they were not hurting him in any way, they'd taken care of him. And he's the one that was blinking Morse code with his eyes. You can Google that and see. And he was blinking torture. And we saw that on American TV back during that time. He was saved and, and brought out of that prison camp, brought back to the United States, and he came, and you can also see that, where he comes back, he thanks God, he thanks his country for his ability to be uh, spared and to be saved. But I read his book, uh, it's called When Hell Was in Session. Uh, I'd encourage you to read it, but it's a heavy read because it is describing what happened in, those, uh, in that, that communist Vietnamese um, camp. But I was fascinated by one of the chapters where he talked about, he was in darkness, not a window, hardly at all, barely, and it was, it was just a terrible time, and I won't go into detail, but one of the things that amazed him was when God let a ray of sunshine come through the window. He'd been without it for so long, but a certain time the ray of sunshine would come through the window and it would put a little light on the floor. And he describes in that book, I can't tell you how marvelous that little light was, how wonderful it was, because I knew the sun was still up out there. I knew it was still there that I'd seen before, and I saw part of that light in the midst of that cell of darkness. And the way he described it was just incredible. Well, I believe that that's what Christmas is about. We've lived in a dark world as has been the world before and will be before Christ comes back, but, but the light's come. He's the one, Christ. He can make a difference in anybody's life. 1 John 1, 7 says that if we walk in the light, the apostle John's writing about the other apostles and then eventually to you and me. If we walk in the light... As he, Jesus, is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. Now God's word tells us that this light that God created in the beginning, he separated it, he gave it to the world, he gave it to his people, and now he's given it to us as Gentiles. He's also given it to the church to share with other people. When we walk in the light of God's word, in fellowship with him, we have fellowship one with another. The light's on. We can have peace. We can have assurance. We can know everything's gonna be okay because the light's on. 
I want you to, for a second, we got a young man here on the front row, and I'm going to ask him for help a little bit. Can you tell me what this is, buddy? What do you think that is? What is it? What would you call it? It's just a flashlight, okay? It's got a flashlight. It's got a button here. My little, my little uh, grandson yesterday, all he did was this right here. He's turning on. And I thought, that's pretty cool. Until the 300th time that he just stood out there. But I want you to see something. This is a flashlight. We've got bright lights in here. But I'm not going to shine this into your, into your eyes, but can you see that light? You can see a light even in a place that's got quite a bit of light in here. And I bet you can see it. Can you see it right down there by your feet? Yep, yep. We can see that light. Because there are different degrees, different strengths of light. But light is powerful. God has made his creation called light powerful. I want to do something else. I'm going to stick my hand in my pocket over here, though, and I've got inside my fist, I got some darkness, and I'm going to pull it out. You ready? Did you see it? I'm going to do it again. Here's some more. We got some darkness in here. Got some darkness. I'm going to pull it out. Here's some. Ready? Look fast. Why can't we see that darkness? Did you know the darkest place you could ever go? The smallest light is greater than that. You can be in the darkest atmosphere and someone strike a match and that light dispels darkness. It is greater than the darkness. Now, if you can go into the brightest place you've ever been before and pull out some darkness out of your pocket, does that darkness just show up and can you see it? No. Because it's weaker. It's not strong. It is dispelled. It is the absence of light. God created both of them. In the beginning, the world was full of darkness. But when light came, light always wins. I can't pull any darkness out of my pocket. Because the second I open my fingers, light shines. And that just gives me hope for this world. It gives me confidence and assurance that the light of the world has come into our world and our lives, and he's stronger. That light's greater than any darkness. Somebody might have come to church here today, churches around the country, and they may, they may have addictions, they may have fears, they may have broken relationships, they may think, I can't be forgiven for what I've done. Many people that are in prisons right now, do you know what they believe? They believe I'm guilty, I cannot be forgiven, and that's just not true. There's nothing that Jesus can't forgive. He can wash and he can cleanse and he can make brand new again. Mary Magdalene, I can't wait to get to heaven and talk to her. Her life was full of darkness. The scripture said she had seven unclean spirits inside of her. But when Jesus came, the light was stronger and it ran all that evil away. And Mary Magdalene followed him to the end, didn't she? That's what Christmas is all about. When those shepherds looked up and they heard the angels and heard the message and the wise men saw that star and led them to the place where Jesus was, all of those lights are just pointing toward the light that's greater than all of it. 
Why would I say Jesus' light is greater? And even though I can turn this flashlight on, and you can see it a little bit because it's strong enough to do that, did you know why Jesus and the Father, their light is the greatest? The Bible says that God dwells in unapproachable light. I try to do something. Kids, do not do this at home. You were taught from the time you were young, don't look at the sun. I was driving down the road the other day and I tried to look at the sun. And I can't even do it for half a second. You, even if you force yourself to do it, it can harm your eyes. It's not good for you because the strength of the sun is so powerful. The Bible says God dwells in unapproachable light. The sun's even bright enough. It's un unlookable. I can't look at it. But God is in unapproachable light. <coughs> so how can we come near him? God gives us his light and we become like him. We become part of that light where we can come into his presence. So the light of Christmas is on. It's bright. <coughs> it's changing people's lives today just as it did hundreds of years ago when Jesus came to this earth. You may know someone here tonight or someone in your neighborhood or in your family that, oh, you would just beg God, would you take him from the domain of darkness and pull him out and let the light shine on them? Don't give up praying for them. You keep praying for them because the light is stronger. It'll dispel darkness wherever it is, and Jesus is ready to do that. I want to remind you of a verse at the end of your Bible, almost to the end. There's going to be a place called heaven where God says, my people will dwell with me. The tabernacle of God is with men. There's an old song that children used to sing. Jesus, I heard you had a big house with lots of rooms in it and there's some clothes just my size. There is, it's called heaven. I go to prepare a place for you, Jesus said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again that you may be with me. There's a place called heaven he's preparing for you and me. And in that place called heaven, Revelation 22 verse five says, there will no longer be any nights you ready for that? You won't need any kind of darkness anymore. There won't be any night. And they will ha not have need of the light of a lamp, nor the light of the sun. We're not gonna need the sun in heaven. The moon will not reflect the, the, the rays of the sun in heaven because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever. If Moses went up on the mountain to get the Ten Commandments and the little time he was with God came down off the mountain, he was shining so brightly he had to put a hood over his head for the people to even look at him for just being in the presence of God. How bright is God himself? Heaven's not gonna need any generator to turn your lights back on when it gets cold. We'll dwell with the true light of Christmas forever. So our prayer for you is, every one of you, that you, you know that light that came in the world. He's our life. That light is inside of you, shining to other people. And when they ask you, what's different? I just had a friend in the last uh, several hours text me, and he got a, he got a diagnosis uh, from the doctor that he was not counting on. I've been praying with him and, and looking forward to whatever was going to help him feel better. And, and I just ask you, you don't even have to know how it is, but pray for them tomorrow. When those things come, we need some light.
He's here tonight. If you don't know Jesus, oh, Christmas is a great time to come to know the one who came for you. And if you know some little children, stick your hand in your pocket, pull some darkness out, and show it to them. And show them how much greater the light is. Thank you for being here tonight. Let's pray. Father, I do thank you so much for your word. I thank you for Jesus. The true light, which lights every man. You've come to destroy the power of darkness. You have come to welcome Jew and Gentile alike into your heavenly relationship. You've come to change our lives. Father, I thank you for a Jeremiah Denton in a prisoner of war camp, wondering if there would be any hope for him. And you saved him and brought him out of that darkness. And he rejoiced to see that ray of sunshine hit the bottom floor of that camp that he was held in. I thank you, Lord, for that person who wrote on the inside wall at Auschwitz during the Holocaust, I believe in the sun even when it is not shining. I can't see it. And so, Lord, we cry out to you this Christmas season, thanking you for being a good, good God. Thanking you for being the light of the world. And thank you for being the greatest light that we will dwell with in that place called heaven. Bless these people here tonight. If someone's not saved, please, Lord, let them come and let us have the privilege of praying with them and just encouraging them as they call on your name. Thank you, Jesus. In your name we pray.